Hi everyone, welcome to the A to Z movie show. I'm Charlie Zizza, your average moviegoer. That was very zing and peppy, Charlie. You're getting better. Uh, I am AJ Beltis, your aspiring movie critic. And get those drumsticks out, guys, because we are reviewing, analyzing, and chatting about the 2014 musical film Whiplash, starring Miles Teller, J.K. Simmons, and Paul Reiser, and directed by now Oscar winner Damien Chazelle, about a young boy at a music conservatory in New York who really wants to be the best jazz drummer in the world, but in order to get there, he has to succumb to the teachings of and eventually learn from Mr. Terrence Fletcher, perhaps the most cruel teacher, but maybe he has some good intentions. We'll find out at the end. Um, It was the winner of three Oscars, Best Supporting Actor, Best Film Editing, and Best Sound Mixing, and it was nominated for two more, Best Adapted Screenplay, which should have been nominated for Original Screenplay, I'll get into that, and Best Picture. Before we get into this, Charlie, my good sir, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a sip of sunshine. Double IPA, Lawson's Finest, good choice. It comes in a uh, nice yellow can, I appreciate the art. That's a good one, I'm going off to Vermont later this week, I'm probably going to get some of myself there, looking forward to it. I, it wasn't as good as I expected it to be, actually. It's it's actually very drinkable for an 8%. Like, yeah, it's not I mean, very hoppy, it's smooth, I like it. I mean, to me it's just, it's a good IPA, but it doesn't stand out. Yeah, that's fair. But it's good. Mm. What are you drinking Tonight, AJ. It's so nice of you to ask, Charlie. I appreciate the consideration. I'm drinking a Dragon Stout. Uh, it is from Jamaica. I saw it at Whole Foods the other day, and I was like, this looks cute. Um, so I will let you know how this imported Jamaican Stout is at the end of the show. Okay. I kind of like the dragon on there. Well, let's try it if you want. not sure what that has to do with Jamaica. Um, or you've never heard of the Jamaican Dragon? The what? I don't know. I just made that up. Okay. Before we get into it, um, if you guys, if anybody listening is new, just so you're clear on our format, this is a movie that is not currently in theaters. So this episode is going to be more in depth than a typical review. Sorry, this beer is disgusting. Continue. This gets zero bottles of beer on I'm the wall. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, so it's going to be more in depth than our typical review, and it's going to be spoilers from start to end. So Absolutely. if you have not seen Whiplash, and you intend to, and you don't want to be spoiled, I encourage you to tune out of this episode and then tune back in after you see it. That's very fair. Um, but if you want to stay tuned for our newer movie reviews, which tend to be spoiler-free... Oh, that's like a wine beer. Right? It's yeah, disgusting. Uh, feel free to uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform and we'll catch you next time and tweet us at a to z movie show or email us at the a to z movie have show we, at gmail.com have we gotten an email because we've gotten tweets have we ever gotten an email from someone no okay so I, 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 I vote we strike our, our email no alright Charlie is another, uh, other podcasts they talk about emails Charlie was born in 1973 so he loves to throw some emails do you not use emails at work I do but I don't email podcast people well, other podcasts use emails, so I'm not What, saying. Mike and Gibby? I don't know, probably. <laughs> okay, um, so, two things I want, a few things I want to talk about when it comes to Whiplash, uh, a movie that I mostly love, I have a couple grievances with, we'll get into it, but overall I think this is a naturally fantastic movie. Um, but one kind of gripe I have, not with the movie, um, but instead with the Academy, is this movie was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, the reason that it was nominated for that was because it was written as an original screenplay, by Damien Chazelle, but he couldn't get the funding. So in order to get the funding, he made it as a 20-minute short film, which was basically a reenactment of everything up until 
um, you know, the the brushing or dragon scene, uh, and then it just cut. That was that was the movie. J.K. Simmons was in it. Miles Teller was not, and they showed that at Sundance and or some film festival. And when people saw that, he said he had the intention of making a full film. He got the funding for it, but. Because that move, the short film was made before the feature-length film, the Academy considered Whiplash an adapted screenplay, right. even though it was written and intended to always be an original screenplay. So I'm sorry that bothers you very much. Well, um, I mean, I guess I see where you're coming yeah. from. I just don't care really about that. But um, so in that short, did they include the rushing and dragging scene, or was it cut before that? Yes, yeah, so they, they do include the rushing, okay. but it ends right after. Got that. it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Hey, I like I like that though. It's a good idea on whoever made the whoever wrote it. Damien Chazelle. Good idea on their part. Which brings me to my entrepreneurial. I like it. Brings me to my next question. This is uh, Damien Chazelle's movie. It's his f- second movie of three. His first one, no one's really seen. But Charlie, do you prefer Whiplash or La La Land? His third movie that won him the Oscar. Obviously, Whiplash. Yeah, me too. La La Land was pretty rough. I- I'm wondering there how are parts people I would liked. say La La Land is better, but like four. I think maybe a, a few more people than of that. Of the 20 who've seen both? No, nah, I mean, Whiplash actually ended up doing really well after. It didn't do super well in theaters, but once it got its nominations, a lot of people loved it. Mm. Um, so a couple other things. Uh, this movie currently ranks number 46 on the IMDb Top 250 list. Um, it is second of 2014 behind only Interstellar, and it's currently outranking a lot of really great movies. I think this just kind of shows that IMDb isn't really trustworthy when it comes yeah. to ratings. How is Interstellar better than Whiplash? I don't know, but yeah, no, it's beating out a lot of movies. No, I mean IMDb. I don't know how they do their ratings, or if it's internal or based on user reviews. It's based on user reviews, which is, is mainly yeah. so I men mean, aged like sixteen to thirty-five. Yeah, I a lot of the time I I don't I don't understand the rating, but for the most part they're in the ballpark. So here are a few movies that Whiplash is considered better than, according to IMDb. The Lion King, Alien, Django Unchained, American Beauty, Aliens, Citizen Kane, Vertigo, Reservoir Dogs. Um, I can go on and on, but all of those movies rank below Whiplash, and I don't really agree with any of that. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I can see some of them. Yeah. I mean... It's good, but I just don't think it's... Again, we'll get into it, but I just don't well, think it's, it's outstanding. Well, 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 well I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, take that back. I think it's good. I think a, a lot of parts of it are outstanding, but I just, I've just i got some serious flaws in it that... Um, you know, back when I was making my... I, I talked about this for the way, way back last week. Um, when I was making that list of the best movies I saw in college, this was a very tough cut for me to make. I, I didn't include it on my top 20, but there were some very easy reasons why I did not include it on my top 20. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll get into them. But yeah, I, I, great movie, um, and we'll get into the specifics. Um, before that, one last question. Charlie, did you play an instrument growing up? Mm, not, not really. Not long enough for me to consider myself to have played that What'd instrument. What did you do? Piano, and that might be it. So you was a guitar guy. You didn't play the guitar? No. All right. I did piano. I I did piano for... Three, four years. Saxophone I actually did for a while, too. Saxophone I think I did for, like, four or five years. And then that's pretty much it. But I like music. I just figured I'd ask because, like, I don't know if we could relate to naming it all in this in terms of, like, the musical side of things. You do not strike me at all as a music person. I'm surprised that you played an instrument. No, I actually love playing the piano. 
super fun. Mm-hmm. I can still play when the Saints go marching in flawlessly. 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 I bet you like Fletcher would Fletcher would love disagree. Me. Fletcher would throw no chairs at me. Now that we have all that said and we've got ten minutes into the podcast and haven't really talked about the movie. Uh, so the movie starts with Andrew a really great shot with him sort of isolated and, and very far back just with his drums. And I think that's kind of predictive and illustrative of, like, how he sees himself and how he wants to be. So right off the bat, this movie's doing, uh, I think, a very good job of laying the foundation for who Naaman is as a character, how he becomes, like, how he isolates himself and focuses on his passion so much. Um, you mean when he's sitting in that, basically, closet playing yeah. drums by himself in the dark? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That was interesting. But, it, I mean, it sets the, the tone and sets up his character. Yeah. Um... Yeah, God, I hate that beer. Um, but then we, we also get introduced to Fletcher. Um, and I, I think this is a really great introduction to both characters here because Andrew's a skilled drummer. He's desperate. He's, he's just going to do whatever it takes to get to the top. And Fletcher we see immediately as this dismissive, sarcastic. He's very aware of his presence, extremely aware of his influence. And he just kind of has fun with it. He screws around with it in people. And he, he has fun with it. Absolutely. Yeah, when he uh, when he leaves his coat on the door yeah. and then comes back in, like he's he's giving him another chance or Whoops. wants to say something else to him. Forgot my coat. Yeah, completely intentional. Yeah. Of um, then after that, he goes into the movies with his dad. Kind of funny because I saw this movie with my dad. So when he was on that date, and he was like, "I still go to movies with my dad," and I'm like, "Oh, I do too." <laughs> yeah, but I, it seems like he was saying that in sort of like a charming way. No, I mean, he was saying... Not like, oh, I'm such a loser, I go to the movies with my dad. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a little bit of both, but I think he was just trying to relate to her. Um, Because she's a loser. She... Clearly. Not really, but, like, he sees her as one. And I want to get into the whole Nicole stuff, because that's that's a lot to talk about this. Yeah. After movies, he's got his amateur music class. Uh, Fletcher stops by, and we see him as very hilarious, not politically correct whatsoever, but he's still a very funny character. You know, he's like, let's just see if you're in first chair because you're skilled or your looks. And he's like, oh, yep, just the looks. Um, so I mean, I wouldn't choose that of all the lines to demonstrate his Well, no, just humor, in the specific but, scene. Yeah, okay. Um, but then all of a sudden, he, he gives Andrew a second to play. Andrew plays for like two seconds, then all of a sudden he's in the band. So that was like, all right, that happened kind of quickly. Well, he also saw him play before. Yeah, that, I guess that's true. So he was probably mm-hmm. just seeing how he reacts to his... Poor treatment of him to begin with. That's a good point. So the yeah, guy's literally like a sociopath. He, oh, he very much is. But Neiman plays like two seconds, and suddenly he's in the the band. Uh, and Fletcher tells Neiman to be there at six a.m. And following this really boosted confidence, he goes up to Nicole, who's right. working at the movie theater, and asks her out. Uh, that's a funny scene where she's like, "Please go away." Yeah, I forget how he responds to it though. I don't. Yeah, he doesn't respond. He's, he's well. like, "Oh, I'm so he's, sorry." I, he screws I, it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. And then he screws up the next thing he does. Yes, he does. Um, he Yeah, he oversleeps for two hours. Well, I shouldn't say he screwed it up, because he did get the date with the girl. Yeah. So, well, well done. Mm-hmm. But he oversleeps for two hours. He doesn't even have the opportunity to get there at 6 a.m., and then when he gets there, he finds out that he's way too early, and Fletcher was just screwing with him. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah, he got it said, be there at 6 a.m., and then he looks outside the door and says, starts at 9 a.m. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was kind of confused by that. I thought he was just I thought he was actually late for, for like a sort of tryout, like a one on one tryout type thing. No, so Fletcher was just screwing with him. No, okay, <laughs> so he was actually being invited to join the band, right? Yeah, there. Okay. exactly. Um, but it seems, it seems kind of surprising that in that school they wouldn't everyone wouldn't know what time that band starts. 
It's actually not. It seems a like a small music school. Anyway, not not yeah. the point. He sits there for just two hours, just in case he might show up. But he literally just sits there for two hours by himself, and then everyone comes in, starts getting their reeds ready. Um, so you didn't play a reed instrument, but I like the cinematography in this movie a lot because the close-ups of them like licking their reeds for their jazz instruments made me cringe because it just made me, made me remember all the times I had to like lick a reed for my saxophone in sixth grade, and it was just. Oh. I mean, it was just cringy. I mean, just so. First song that they play is Whiplash, obviously quite fitting. Uh, this is kind of where we get a taste for really who Fletcher is in action, um, how meticulous he is. Uh, he'll sacrifice absolutely anything for perfection and damn him if he doesn't get results. Um, kicking someone out right for not knowing if he's out of tune, saying, like, there's, there's no Mars bar down there. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah, but you gotta kind of feel that from a little bit, but also. Well, yeah. But at the same time, somebody actually was out of tune. And yeah. they didn't know either. Mm. So he just picked some random person who didn't know. Clearly, probably half the people wouldn't know if they're out of tune. Yeah. Which is surprising. But, well, yeah, that... I mean, we're talking probably very, very, very slightly out of tune because throughout the entire movie, when he's pointing out flaws, you know, unless you have a musical back, like a really strong musical background, I don't know mm. if you picked up on any of this, but I couldn't hear any of it. No, I, I couldn't. I mean, I think that's kind of the point. I heard a You're little bit of to. the rushing and dragging. Okay. That's, that's about it. But yeah, but for the most part, the audience is, is like, what are you talking about? Because, and that sort of elevates the the elite status of this band. Yeah. Where the standards are so high that the average person wouldn't even notice. Yeah. So after that, after we kick somebody out, he actually has a really great chat with, uh, with Naaman. It, it seems like he's really trying to connect with them, like, tell me about your family. Um, but then, in a very truly evil genius move, in the next scene, he uses it all against him. Like, whose mommy left daddy because found that he wasn't Eugene O'Neill. Yeah. I mean... But it seems like he's so he'll do, he's He'll do anything. No, yeah. He, there are tickable. He, he can, though. He can, he's not impersonable. He can get on your good side mm-hmm. and, again, use it against you. And he does that later, as yeah. you know. Which is... Very well. At the end, yeah. It's, it's, the first time I saw it, I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll, yeah, talk about that, that. A, we'll talk about that later. Jaw dropper. But, yeah, um... So after that scene, it's the rushing and dragging scene, arguably the most notorious moment in the entire movie, um, and it's probably the scene that got J.K. Simmons his Oscar to go from you know not 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 quite my tempo like let's, let's yeah. and then all of a sudden why do you suppose I just throw the chair at your head even so very clearly a zero zero to one eighty move. Well, it's gradual though. Yeah, and and, and part of that it was scene, gradual, but then it's a cliff. Yeah, but part of this part of the scene and why it's so good is because you can slow like he he's actually pretty patient at first. Yeah. Um, but you can see the patience slowly starting to fade, and we've all been there where you don't want to, where you're generally trying, but you can't do whatever it is you're you're trying to learn or do, mm-hmm. and somebody's getting impatient with you after a while. I'm gonna finish that beer. So um, it's relatable, mm-hmm. and you can like feel that frustration. Yeah, yeah, like, on both ends, I think. Because you know it's going somewhere bad, because you've seen a little bit of Fletcher, so you, you, the audience is nervous, too, along, yeah. with, along with Neiman. So that's I think that's what makes it great, and of course yeah. it's funny when he throws the chair. And there's also some great lines in here where you, you're laughing, but you really shouldn't be. Like, what, are you in an acapella group? Play the damn kid. Of course, uh, why would you not be laughing? Are it's you funny. one of those single-tier people? Do I look like a double rainbow to you? <laughs> No, but it, it's it's funny, but then great. it becomes painfully embarrassing because like you you of course it's I don't want to they they act so well that you like I don't want to be anywhere near that moment in, with the nine foot pole. Oh yeah, no Fletcher's verbal abuse throughout this entire movie it's it's like an art form in and of itself. It is. It's amazing how he can constantly 
be verbally abusing somebody in like smoothly transitioning from one vicious statement to the next. Yeah, it's great. I wish I could do that. I can't. I just have to take pauses between my verbal abuse. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I have to live with you. But yeah, it's uh, that that is the scene. I think when people think of this movie, they think of that scene. Yeah. So following this utter humiliation, he has a kind of solo practice scene where. He Andrew drums so hard that he starts to get blisters and eventually bleed. A lot of drummers actually don't like this movie. Um, they like they like the movie, but they think it's a very inaccurate representation of what drumming is like. And so, well, maybe, but I mean, you're going to get blisters drumming if you drum a lot. Yeah, but they're saying like they sh- you should never be doing it to that point because it's counterproductive. You shouldn't be, but that's part of that's part of the reason why it's driving home this this point. Yeah, where he's trying, he's so obsessing, he's trying so hard. I mean, it's the same thing if you if you work 16 hours a day. You're not productive at that point, but you're just so obsessed with it, you can't mm. stop. Yeah. So it's the same thing. I mean, but this not one the point. It's not the point. It's, they're not saying that's how you become a good drummer. Yeah, but I mean, I'm saying like it's going so far as to cause himself physical pain, which would impede yeah. his drumming abilities. Of course. Which is, but he's not thinking rationally. No, that's the whole point. Not. Yeah. Um, so after that, he's got his date with Nicole. And kind of on this whole stupidity thing, he's very clearly judging her for not knowing what she wants to do. And she says, like, I don't have a major. He's like, you, what do you yeah. mean you don't have a major here? So what, what, do you, what, do you, what are you here for? What are you doing? Like, what do you want to do? And she's just like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm not sure. Um, so he, he just cannot fathom somebody not knowing what they want to do. Yeah. No, and he, he almost blows that date. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that it didn't just end there, actually, because it was so uncomfortable. Yeah. And clearly, oh, no, she, she said, like, she doesn't really know anyone, and neither does he, so... I think they were... Yeah. But, I mean, clearly, the I mean, it seems... I don't know how long this movie takes place over, but it seems like they were together for a few months, anyway. Yeah, it seems like their relationship was probably... Almost a year, you know, probably. No, um... Actually, no, because it's probably one academic year that this took place over. But this this took place over one academic year. Yeah, yeah and so I think... Less than a year, but a few months, anyway. Yeah. I think because so when they broke up, she wasn't like, oh, Had a okay. new boyfriend, yeah. Yeah. So then after that, it, it kind of shifts to his first competition. Um, and Andrew oversees Fletcher being a genuinely good guy here to a man and his daughter. Uh, and then 30 seconds later, he's threatening to demolish Mini-Me. So kind of like what you were saying earlier, a very clear transition from evil yeah. to not evil and vice versa. Yeah, but he knows, again, he knows how to work people. Yes. So, I mean, I don't know who, I forget who they were. It just looks like it's just some dad and, and yeah, little I think girl. Probably, but like, I mean, colleagues I'm or something. Sh- maybe, and yeah, maybe... He has to schmooze certain people to have this position within the school mm-hmm. and within the musical community so he can do that when he needs to. Yeah. But he can also not do that. Yeah. Uh, so a big question for you. Who took the folder? Who took the folder? Yep. I don't I don't know. Who do you think took the folder? I didn't I never thought about it. I just thought they lost it. Well that that is sort of a debate that, you know, cult followers of the movie like to chat about because the options are Andrew Neiman, Carl, the guy who wants maybe mm-hmm. to sabotage Andrew, but he didn't know the note, so like, it probably wouldn't have been him. Uh, it could have been stolen by the competition, and it could have been stolen by Fletcher. And some people, I think the most likely scenario is that Fletcher took the folder because he wanted to yeah. push Andrew, see if he could do it or not. That's the possible. It's definitely not the kid who got it stolen because yeah. there's no, it doesn't even make any sense. That's a question I would love to ask Damien Chazelle. Is like what? What's the story behind that? But I'd say Fletcher's probably the most likely, or just, mm-hmm. or it could just be random. Somebody just took the folder. Probably not, but it doesn't really matter. It's not really the point. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, because all we see, we see him put the folder down, get a soda, overhear a conversation for five seconds, and then turn around and he's gone. So he didn't have his eyes off that folder for more than 30 seconds at most. Which means that Fletcher had to be working fast. But that's always something fun to think about and to kind of debate over. And then, so he performs Whiplash perfectly, and then he goes home for Thanksgiving. Great scene. I remember the first time you watched this, you remember, I remember you liking this scene a lot, particularly. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of just like a typical family, mm-hmm. you know, spat at Thanksgiving, you know? I don't think there's much to it. It doesn't say a whole lot. Everybody has family members who think what they're doing is stupid. Well, I think it's, it's, it's that, but it's also a couple other things. So... Uh, it's Andrew very clearly thinking that he's better than these people. You know, are, you're, you catch on pretty quick. Are you a model UN? <laughs> but being dismissive over, um, you know, come play with us, the four words you'll never hear from the NFL. Uh, but he, he lets a lot of guards down, or, like walls down, when it comes to his personal goals. He said, like, I would be totally fine if I died at 34, broke and full of heroin. Yeah. And if it I meant think, that people were talking about me. We'll talk about this later. But I think that's what happens. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, I, I think so, too. But that... he, I understand where he's coming from, but then it's that, like, question of, is that the right way to do things? Well, um, yeah, I mean, and you, no don't have really to, you don't have to agree with him. But yeah, exactly. It's show, yeah, it's showing who, who Neiman is, and of course he's a very flawed character, which yes. is not a bad thing at all. It's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but that's shown in a lot of other ways, mm-hmm. too. But I also think, having watched the scene, I figured he was sort of picking up some bad habits from Fletcher because he's kind of talking down to everyone. He's talking yeah. down to his family, just not even care. And he, like the his ability to come back with those immediate one-liners. Yeah, but he he I get the impression that he's always talked down to people. He he from the beginning he he's thought very highly of himself. I feel like he was always dismissive towards people. I don't think he was ever... We don't ever really see him being outwardly disrespectful. Yeah. Well, it's definitely... Yeah, you know, it's definitely getting worse be- because of Fletcher and because of the whole culture, like this cutthroat culture that he's immersed in. Yeah. I mean, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. You know? It uh, reminds me of the, uh, the scene in Wolf of Wall Street where, uh... What's his name? Um... Uh, Jordan Bel- Belfort, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, first co- gets a stock salesman job or whatever stockbroker job yeah and he's just immersed in this culture immediately mm-hmm. and the first thing somebody says to him is pick up the cocksucking phone <laughs> and I love I love that and they throughout this entire movie too like the the swearing and just like the, the verbal abuse yeah it's crazy and you know obviously it, and that comes out in Jordan later on too mm-hmm. same um, thing with Neiman after Thanksgiving uh, they head back to school um, and Fletcher starts sabotaging, trying to sabotage or push Andrew to another level by introducing another drummer, Connolly, from his earlier band to play his part. And, of course, that does not sit well with Andrew. So this is where he breaks up with Nicole. So we got to assume that this has maybe lasted from September, October to November. So there's only like two-month relationship, you know, with that. Yes. Okay. Um, that's what I'm thinking. But, yeah, I mean, it's they were definitely in it enough to have it be serious. But what I love about the breakup is it's his approach is very logical, but it's also very dismissive and disrespectful. Excessively yeah. logical. I mean, no, who does that? Who breaks yeah. up with somebody that way? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's... Uh, Nobody. <laughs> it's uh, definitely... You can see where he's coming from because he's not no, trying to piss no, her I, off. I get what she, Yeah, but... And, and that makes him look even... Like, you see a little bit of him... Because he's so focused on what he's doing that yeah. he's becoming distant and, and out of touch with 
everybody else. He doesn't even know that what he's saying sounds ridiculous. Mm-hmm. No, it, he even doesn't. just the way he says it. Because so, so for those, she reasons, says, those reasons, she says we should just break it out clean. And then, yeah, no, she's like, um, so you're telling me, blah 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 blah. We're breaking up because of whatever. And he's like, that's exactly yep, right. I'm glad you see it the way I see it. She's like, what, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> exactly. What is wrong with him? That's the point. So. But even after he breaks up with Nicole, he's still driving himself crazy, and this is where he sort of takes it out on the drums and just, like, screaming at them, like, fuck you. And in the next band practice, we, we see Fletcher. You know, Andrew's sort of ready to go, but Fletcher is distraught. The last time we got him on screen, he was taking a phone call and really, really upset. But in this scene, he explains that one of his former students, Sean Casey, was killed in the car accident. Uh, and we later found out that it was a suicide, probably from the men- mentality that Fletcher instilled with him during the time <laughs> at Schaefer. Uh, and ironically, he still hasn't learned a lesson because he drives three kids crazy over that part. Hurling insults, like, I think this whole thing lasted three hours, uh, their band practice, where he, would like, made them rotate back and forth. Oh, you mean the drummers? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was just, I mean, that's, that's, that's insane. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the point. He, he has no limits. Yeah, but I mean, he wasn't. You can't, he was, he's this not. There's no situation of him just screwing with them. There was no way he was like actually hearing beat for beat. That's what he does. He screws with people. Yeah, he uses psychology to push people to their limits, and that's mm. what makes him good. It's not even necessarily his teaching that makes yeah. him good. Oh, the seat was too low, so now you can play. <laughs> oh, there are some great. There are some great quotes in this movie. Yeah. So Neiman earns the part. And Fletcher tells them all to keep their travel receipts and meet there later. Which makes me wonder, why wouldn't they just all take a bus? Why wouldn't they just rent a bus? To where? To the, the competition, where they're all taking individual transportation. Because they would interfere with the plot. So, yeah, here is where everything starts to seem too unreal. And this entire sequence is why I did not have it on my best of list of college. And why I don't consider it to be a flawless movie. So, first off, this whole incident... Is, is flawed from the beginning because they all should have taken a bus. They should they, like well, it doesn't make sense that they all went separately. And, right, like, that's doesn't fine. Make sense. That, that doesn't kill it to me. Anyway, so go on. Well, so there's that. And then when he gets there, he rents a car. He rents a car while they're closing, and then later is able to get in to go back and get his sticks, which wouldn't be the case because if they were closing, then they would be closed twenty minutes later. So that shouldn't have happened. Wait, uh, who was closed? Remember the car rental place where he's like, "Come on, you're still open." They were okay. they were clearly closing. He files out the, fills out the form and everything. To get the car. To right. get the form. Goes there and back. The whole thing takes him, you know, 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes to get there and back. If they were just closing, they probably would have finished closing by that point. So the place wouldn't have been open for him to go in and get his sticks. Another problem. The third I thought problem. he left him in the car. No, he left, no, he said he left him in the car. He left, he had to drive all the way back, oh, remember? Oh, okay. Uh, the third thing is, the sticks really shouldn't have been a big deal. If he got there on time, he forgot his sticks. Big deal. Let him use somebody else's sticks. The fourth thing was... Uh, well, okay, but that's who Fletcher is. Yeah, but, like, big friggin' deal. It was, it was sticks. Fourth thing, he would not have survived that car crash. And if he did, he would not have been conscious enough to run. Um, and, like, run away in that car crash. Well, okay, so you made the car crash a little bit. You changed the, the situation of the car crash. Instead of a truck, make it another car. But even so, that's huge. Um, and even Not if, really. Let's just say... Easily, it's like the Titanic thing. So James Cameron, he was all he was all flustered about the the door that they everyone says they could have fit both on. He's like, oh, well, big deal. So you change, you make you make the door a bigger door next time. But the point is, Jack dies. So the point is, Neiman survives this car crash. So then after that, look, he survives the car crash after getting 
hit by a truck, head on, or, or T-boned by a truck where his car mm-hmm. flips, glass is shattered, he's bloody. He gets out of the car and runs. Yes. So that's the problem where, like, I, I understand you're in shock or whatever, but that wouldn't happen. Um, well, I'm, I'm would, just saying they could have changed some small details of it and it would have made sense. But there's more. Fletcher would not have let Neiman looking the way he did on that stage. You mean you wouldn't as a penalty no, or he Fletcher would? would not have let somebody like like he was covered in blood like something clearly went wrong. Uh, he would have like stopped there. No, um, I mean I he wasn't so covered that somebody in the audience would see that. I don't yeah. think. Uh, timing wise, he said he was getting on stage at five thirty. Andrew's car crash was after 5.30. It would have taken at least 5 to 10 oh, minutes I agree. Okay, for so him to run there. I, I agree. There's no way that if he said... If he was going to barely make it to the car and get the drumsticks, but he makes it to the car, drives back to the place, gets the drumsticks, drives back, crashes, and gets in. There's no... Of course, that makes no sense. So that all of those they factors... They should have just left it in the car. All of those factors, all together, just amounted for... like I, When I was watching this movie, I thought it was going to be a dream. I was like, he's, he's clearly having a nightmare because this is way, 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 way too unrealistic. Like, I can't buy anything that's happening on here. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. But again, I think they should, it's just an oversight and they could have changed a couple things and made it work. But I, I think it was like the... I understand him going for the excess of, like, he's, he's going to power through the car crash. He's going to power through the uh, losing the sticks. Like, I get that that's Andrew's determination, but just realistically... None of that was like feasible. I don't. Point so taken. That is a major problem with me in this movie because um, it's all just too unbelievable. But what do you think of this sequence? I think it's. I see what you're saying, but I like the point that it's trying to get across. Is he's everything in his life is getting out of control as a result of this band and as a result of Fletcher mm-hmm. to the point where you know he's forgetting his drumsticks, which normally he wouldn't probably do, but he's under so much constant mental pressure probably not sleeping very much huh. always stressed and paranoid hmm. so he forgets the drumsticks and he's freaking out he has a, a, a meltdown in a fight in front of the entire band which I guess isn't that uncommon in that band but then he blows through a red light or whatever gets into a car crash and just leaves his car flipped over in the middle of the road yep goes I mean that it shows how obsessed this kid is and how much he's losing control of his life I, mean, I, I agree. So it with demonstrates the point. it really well. I agree with the point, but I still just think like. Well, you asked me what I think of the scene. That's yeah, no, no, okay. And I, I agree with the point. In term, you mentioned earlier that he got into a fight uh, after the whole performance goes terribly wrong. He attacks Fletcher, tackles him, actually breaking two of J.K. Simmons' ribs. Oh, that's not even what I meant. I just meant the. the oh, the it's like you would cut me already. Try me. You yeah, yeah. Bad word. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, after that he he attacks Fletcher and like I said, breaks two of J.K. Simmons' ribs. And Andrew gets expelled. But after that, it, it, he kind of finds out through this whole montage of recovering from this terrible incident, finds out that Sean Casey committed suicide. Um, Andrew is recruited to give a deposition against Fletcher, and he does. And later, it's sort of the summer, they mention it on screen at summer. Uh, he's working at a sandwich shop, he's looking at the Common App, looking for other schools to apply to, and he stumbles into a jazz club where Fletcher is playing a lowly piano gig, sort of implying that he's sunk so low professionally that. He's got to play here. But he runs into Naaman, grabs drinks, and they have a really sincere conversation. And you got to think this is partly strategy, but I also think there's a lot of sincerity in this, too. Yeah, well, right. So um, Fletcher's saying what he actually believes, but he's saying it in such a way 
that comes across as I'm forgiving you. Let's you know make peace. Yeah. But he believes everything he's saying. I think so too. Well, I think it's true. Besides because, the invitation, because it's like I was, I'm there to push people beyond what's expected of them. Otherwise, we're depriving the world of the next Louis Armstrong or Charlie Parker. And I want to know what your opinion is here. Are there any more? Are there any words more harmful in the English language than "good job"? Because I 100 percent see where he's coming from. I think there are probably words in the English language that are more harmful than "good job." But, I see what you're saying. I kind um, of agree with it, too. Well, I agree with it to an extent. I mean, I think people are praised too quickly and too often, sometimes, for the purpose of maintaining relationships and things mm-hmm. like that. But, I mean, at the same time, there is a place for saying, good job, if somebody did a good job, it's encouragement, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then I, he brings up the point that, you know, Charlie Parker would never be discouraged. Yeah, but you also have to, not everybody is a legend. Well, that's that he's trying to weed out the people who are legends, right? But by doing so, so maybe in his band it's it's completely fine. But if you went to if you had somebody like that at a high school band or even just a regular college marching band, mm-hmm. it's too much. Yeah, they'd all just be like, "I'm out." Yeah, I mean, so. if it depends on the situation, but yeah, no, I mean that's the whole point of this movie. Not mm-hmm. the whole point, but that's one of the main messages of the movie is. You know, to what extent do we coddle people and to what extent do we push people? Yeah. So, Fletcher decides, following that conversation, maybe he wants to give Neiman another chance to play in front of a live audience, and for some reason, Neiman thinks this is a good idea, and he even goes upon another stupid idea, which is calling Nicole, where she has to check in with her boyfriend to see if he wants to listen to a jazz concert. Oh, yeah, that was uncomfortable. Yeah. Also, it, yeah, it shows how low Neiman's sunk. Yeah. Got and no also no self-awareness at all. No. So he gets on the stage, and after Fletcher tells him, you know, if you if you do well, you're going straight to the big leagues. If you mess up, people will never forget it. And he goes up to Neiman and says, do you think I'm stupid? I know it was you. So that scene is painful. What, because you just that moment? Yeah, because you really think that it's over for Neiman. Like, when I first watched this movie, I was like, damn, that, that sucks. That's evil, but that sucks. Yeah. So when he when Fletcher came up to him to him to say that did did Neiman already know what happened? What he's doing? Not or, until uh, he was like, we're gonna we got a good lineup for you, but we're gonna start you off with one that you might not have heard before. So, yeah. Upswinging. So then, at first he's at first he's confused and like, what is this? And then he realizes once he, yes, once Fletcher talks to the audience. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he gets humiliated. He walks off the stage. Then he goes back out there, and then we get this. 10 minute ending of drumming which admittedly when I first watched this movie I hated the ending I absolutely hated it I I, I was like he's drumming he's still drumming he's still drumming but in subsequent viewings I have started to love the ending so you didn't like the ending because it was just too you thought there was too much yeah I, I, it was just it was too excessive um, okay. so actually I was reading up on the IMDB trivia here the studio actually told Damien Chazelle saying uh He's good at drumming, we get it, and they wanted to take out the ending drum solo, but Chazelle disagreed and kept it in the film. Uh. <coughs> See, I I don't mind the drumming at all. I The only thing I mind is that it, it might be a little bit unbelievable that, so? that he'd go back out on stage and do this and that people would just let him. Well, I mean, no one's going to, like, kick him off. Yeah. He was still backstage. Uh, I think the reason... No, but I mean, he, he's just allowed to, to do this drum solo... 
that oh, yeah, they do with anything. I see what you're saying. When uh, there are a huge audience, there are people there that could come out and stop him and take him off stage. Well, I think the part of it and was also, like what Fletcher was engaged. Fletcher That's was true. Like, he, he, yeah, yeah, he becomes engaged. And so he wasn't like, get this kid off my stage or anything like yeah. that. He but was, also, would, would Neiman even do that? I guess maybe he would after having his whole life lose. Yeah. ruined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe. So I think one of the reasons why I hated it was because it's not the traditional dialogue-driven ending, uh, and it also sort of came out of nowhere. Like you just, yeah, like I said, I wasn't expecting him to go back. But I think now later I look back on it and I think because it is so different, I it's the perfect ending for this movie. And I think one of the reasons why is because it's it is not the traditional ending. I mean, this is an ending for a film. It's not an ending of, of a play or of a book. It's, it's a visual, visceral, well-edited ending. Yeah. I think the one thing I would change is there's there's two beats to the ending. One part of it is where Neiman starts Caravan and gets the whole band to play, and then it's his drum solo. I wish they had made a shorter version than Caravan, because that whole Caravan part with the whole band was four minutes long. And that could have been, like, two or three. And I wish that they oh. had saved well, the bulk of that time for his yeah. drum solo. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, yeah, the whole last, that whole giant, if you combine all that into one scene, it is quite long. Yeah. And so, there is a lot of drumming. Yes. And that, and that is, it's very entertaining to watch the drumming, mm-hmm. especially if you like the music, which I mean, I do. I don't know if you do, but I like that jazz music that they're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is really long. It's a lot of drumming. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's, it's also, when I stopped to think about it, I realized that it was sort of the perfect ending for this movie. Uh, and there's also some great moments in this too. So there's there's that one moment where he's uh, the drumming sort of goes silent, and it sounds like a wind tunnel, and you just see him struggling to keep the beat going, and it's almost this painful euphoria yeah. that Andrew's feeling, and, and that's just him and his element. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, um, the one thing this movie does really well throughout the entire time of the movie is showing how hard it is to do what he does. Yes. Um, they really they drive that point home um, with the editing and the filming and the acting of how much they're, he's struggling to, to drum the way he's drumming the practice that he puts in it I mean without that the movie wouldn't be nearly as good because you wouldn't appreciate how mm-hmm. hard this is yeah no I, I totally agree um, and that's I think why that's I love those quieter moments in this last half yeah. and there and to me, this movie reminds me of a, like a sports movie, yeah, in a way. And a lot of sports movies don't like they assume that everybody knows how difficult it is to play that sport, but they mm. don't really show it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I just think about Air Bud. Like that, that dog had to learn basketball, and that's tough. <laughs> yeah, different kind of movie, but yeah. All in all, I, I'm trying to think about if there's anything else I want to say about this movie because that's pretty much it. Uh, I'll say that I like. The, I love the whole Fletcher bring it down and then when he's kind of doing the dun 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 mm-hmm. dun he's, you see him smile and start to bring it back up bring it back up and that's a great moment he throws off his jacket he kind of puts his hand out he's like get ready guys because we're going to get a great epic ending here really again an ending that I grew to love and I'm happy that I did give it another chance because this is a great ending um, yeah although a little bit too long a little, a little bit too long especially in the first half yeah I, I, I like the ending. I'm not sure how I feel about it um, overall. I've only seen it twice now. But I won't talk too much more about that. Uh, I've gone through all of my... Uh, I'm going to give this a rating. 
Yeah, I know. What, what, what else? What else you got to say for this? Um, I've already gone through all my my pros lists throughout our discussion. Um, and for cons, I couldn't really think of much. The only thing I could think of is uh, Neiman's relationship with the girl Nicole's her name. You said, yeah. I, it, to me, it was clear that she was there exclusively to show this one character development shift that Neiman has. Yeah. Um, but I thought a missed opportunity was to show a little bit. No, not a lot. It's not about. This isn't what it's about. But show a little bit of the relationship over the course of however long it was. Mm-hmm. And that way, when Neiman decided to break up with Nicole to focus exclusively on drumming, you know what he's giving up. Mm-hmm. To pursue his passion of drumming. Yeah, I mean, Whereas, I, I mean, you don't see, you know, like you don't really see Neiman's friends. You don't really see his relationship with his family besides with his dad. So, just to commit all his time to drumming without that, well, it's like, so what? What else do you do anyway? I agree. I think I may, maybe like one or two scenes max more. Would have been. Oh yeah, yeah, no, not a lot at all. Like one moment, I think. But, but it's, I also agree. All that, it is, all it, their relationship is, is. He asked her out. Okay, whatever. It's nothing special about that. Anybody, everybody asks somebody out. Yeah. And then they have that awkward date. Okay, that showed a little bit. And then you have the breakup. Yeah. But there's no actual like what the relationship looked like in its prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, yeah. That there, not that it was like a long relationship. Not that it was crucial. But either, I'm just but saying, was, I don't care. It would have been nice. I don't care about the relationship. I care about what it would show about Neiman's choice. It would have been nice. It would have been helpful. Yeah. Um, that's all. I mean, that's really the only con I can think of. Um, I like. Uh, the message that they're going for in this movie mm-hmm. I think this is something that you know could be debated about this could be a debate topic yeah you know, I would love like debate but this could be a yeah. great American Parliamentary Debate Association you could always suggest it as a topic yeah uh, so I like what it's saying it's driven home by the acting especially on um, uh, J.K. Simmons yeah um, I suppose and his part and I looked him up I he's not in that much else that I've seen um, he was in Juno. He was in Juno. Um, he was he in the dad in Juno. Yeah. Um, and that's the example I want to use to show how good of an actor this guy is because I can see a little bit of similarity between Juno's dad and, mm-hmm. and, and Fletcher in this movie, but I mean, have you watched they're any mostly of the, wildly different have characters. Have you ever seen the OG Spider-Man trilogy with uh, no. Tobey Maguire? No. You haven't seen any of them? I don't think so. Okay, well, Terrence Fletcher is basically James Jonah Jameson. The, the way he treats Peter Parker, oh, okay. like Parker, it, it, it's it's exactly the same. Okay. Um, I mean, this is obviously is a a deeper character for sure, but it's the mannerisms are he's he's oh, okay. he's Terrence Fletcher with a mustache in Spider Man. Well, okay. Um, not to say anything. I mean, his performance is great. I admittedly was rooting for Edward Norton that year from Birdman, but okay, he was my second choice. Anyway, I just, yeah. I thought it was really really good, and of course, you can't have this movie without without Fletcher. Yeah, being Fletcher. Um, Read it, Charlie, unless you have anything else to say. Yeah, no, not really. I've gone through everything else, so I'll skip ahead to my rating. I'm going to give Whiplash four and a half out of mm-hmm. five bottles of beer on the wall. I, I think this movie's it came out in 2014, you said? Yep. Yeah. I think it, it was sort of like a prelude to this counterculture that we have right now um, going on, this mm-hmm. anti-lazy millennial snowflake yeah. counterculture that we have. I'm not going to say anything more about that, but I just think it's... Uh, Appropriate now, and that's part of the reason why it would spark a debate. Yeah, that, that's what he, he. That's the line that he uses when he breaks up in the coal. Is like, I want to be one of the greats. Like, I don't, I don't want to be great. Everyone tells you you're great all the time. He's like, I want to be one of the greats. 
which is a, yeah. a clear distinction and kind of showing like everyone's great. I want I want to be that. Um, good good rating there. I I don't have a rating either, but again, I think with if they found a way to make that middle section more believable, this would be like one of my top twenty five movies of the decade. But just that that whole really? middle section, it, it it really makes everything so unbelievable. And I get the idea behind him going through such great lengths. No, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking that really this is in your top twenty five. It, it would be. I mean, it's not um, that in the oh, end. Okay. I think the the fact that that ending does go on just a tad too long. I'm, I'm like the, his drum solo keep that intact. But I just think the fact that that five minute drum solo follows a four minute song, which follows yeah. itself another four minute song, is like. They could have cut those a little bit more. I, mean, I don't hate it. I don't better. hate it though, and I can get no, through it without not. falling asleep. Yeah, I agree. So. Um, so, I mean, it may seem like I don't like this movie. I love this movie. I think it's 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 one hundred percent worth watching. I love the messages. I love the acting. I love the dialogue. I like sort of how very very subtly Neiman sort of picks up on Fletcher's habits. There's a lot to love in this movie. It's well shot. It's well edited. Um, it's it, it's awesome. So yeah. check out Whiplash if you haven't already. Definitely. Uh, yeah, so that's it for this episode, guys. Again, How was your beer, Charlie? Uh, it was good. It, it wasn't as good as I was expecting it to be yeah. after all the hype, but yeah. uh, it's a good IPA. I still have... I've had three sips of mine. I'm going to go bring this to David because it tastes like wine, uh, like you said, and David likes wine and stuff, yeah. so we'll see what David likes. Is it like barrel aged or something? I don't know. It's just bad. Yeah, I've, I've had a few of those beers, and I, I can't. I can't even drink them. Don't drink Jamaican beer, folks. Well, don't say that. It's just one beer. I don't think it's Jamaican style. It's just happened to be brewed there. Jamaican style. So. Oh, that's the type of stout? Mm-hmm. Looks like it. All right. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's it for this guy episode, guys. Please, if you have anything to say, tweet us at A to Z Movie Show. Email us at the A to Z Movie Show. Rate, review, subscribe. You didn't let me finish. Tweet. At gmail.com. I had to think about what, what platform we use for that. Rate, review, subscribe, follow, tweet. Carrier Pigeon. Share with your friends and family. That's the best thing to do. Listen to us all the time. Make us your exclusive movie podcast. I want to do that. We like diversity. No. No diversity. No diversity. Okay. No. Okay. All right. Fine. Thanks for listening, guys. We will catch you next time on the A to Z movie show.